This week on Talking Central Arizona Sports, everything you need to know about the world's oldest rodeo. Hello everyone, my name is Torrance Dunham and welcome to a weekly podcast catching you up on the latest with Central Arizona sports teams. Part of Talking Glass Media's Cast 11 podcast network, the show, with schools out for summer, now puts a spotlight on the world's oldest rodeo leading up to the big competition at the end of the month. The Prescott Frontier Day's world's oldest rodeo this year takes place from June 28th to July 4th, with eight performances in total. It all gets started on Wednesday, June 28th, with the opening performance at 7.30 p.m. There are also performances at 7.30 p.m. on Thursday and Friday. There are two performances on Saturday, one at 1.30 p.m. and another at 7.30 p.m. There is then a performance on Sunday and Monday, both at 7.30 p.m. People on the 4th of July on Tuesday can catch the final performance prior to going somewhere to watch the fireworks as the competition gets underway at 1.30 p.m. Gates open two hours prior to the performances, with plenty of food and shopping options to keep you busy until the show begins. Also prior to the main performance is mutton busting. Now what is that? That is where young kids will try their best to stay on a sheep, also known as a mutton. During the night performances, the mutton busting begins at 6 p.m. And during the day, the mutton busting takes place at noon. Kids can still register to compete, as long as they do it by June 15th. More information can be found at worldsoldestrodeo.com slash muttonbustin. The main performance gets started with the grand entry, featuring over 70 mounted riders carrying flags. That leads into the wild horse race, where a team of three will try to contain a 1,200-pound unbroken horse. Next up is the steer wrestling, which if you haven't seen it, it is a spectacular show, as a steer wrestler must chase the animal down and jump from a horse to wrestle the steer. Next up is bareback riding, which requires a rider to stay on horseback for at least 8 seconds to qualify with a possible 100 points up for grabs. After that is tie-down roping, which requires the rider to catch a calf by throwing a rope around its neck and then tying it up as quickly as possible. That's followed by breakaway roping, where women try to rope a calf from horseback. Next up is the classic saddle bronc riding. That leads into team roping and barrel racing. Each performance then ends with bull riding, a fan favorite where riders have to attempt to stay on a bull that weighs more than 2,000 pounds. Throughout the performance, there are also specialty shows, featuring Cody Sosby as the Barrel Man, the Broken Spoke Clydesdales, and the One-Arm Bandit. Joining the show to kick off rodeo coverage is business development manager for the world's oldest rodeo, Greg Mangarelli. Greg, how are you? I'm doing great. Yeah, good to be with you. So we're under a month away now from competition getting underway. How are the preparations going? Well, you know, this time of year is very busy around the world's oldest rodeo. 
Uh, we're doing a lot of prep work and, and getting everything uh, ready to go for the rodeo. Very excited. Tickets are going fast. Uh, so uh, I, I anticipate every performance will be sold out. So for those who haven't had a chance to go to the rodeo yet, maybe they're just brand new to town, what is that experience kind of like? Because I know you've been to quite a bit of rodeos in your time in Prescott. Yeah, that's a, a great question for those folks that maybe have never been before. You know, uh, our performances in the evening start at 7.30. We have two afternoon performances at 1.30. And I would highly recommend getting there early at least one hour ahead of the performance. Uh, but even more than that would be uh, even better. Lots of vendors on the grounds, uh, lots of things to do before the rodeo, lots of great food and drink. Uh, so get there early, take it all in, and expect a really fun show. So a bunch of different timed and judged events at the show, uh, wild horse race, steer wrestling, tie-down roping, uh, of course, bull riding, which is my favorite. Uh, what would you say is your favorite uh, event at the show? Yeah, you know what? It's a lot of fun there at the very beginning with that wild horse race. You know, we let out about 10 horses at one time, and they're on a long lead rope, and you've got three men trying to get that horse saddled and get him to run past the barrel with the rider on. So that's always a showstopper right from the beginning. But, you know, uh, there's, there's so many great things. By the way, mutton busting is happening every night one hour before the performance. So we're going to have the little guys out there trying to hang on to a sheep, and uh, they're going to be competing one hour before the performance. But uh, the other great act that we have is the one-armed bandit this year. He's going to perform about halfway through that performance uh, I don't really want to give a lot away, but it's one of my favorite specialty acts. So uh, uh, talking about the uh, the mutton busting there, um, when did that come into play? Because I, I haven't been to the rodeo in a couple years. Uh, is that That's fairly new, right? It is new for us. Uh, we started it last year. We only did it for about three performances, I believe, last year. This year, every performance all eight performances one hour before the performance that's why i would recommend getting there early uh there will be mutton busting uh, probably about 10 or more competitors in the mutton busting and a uh, lot of fun you can go to our website if you'd like to enter your child uh your son or daughter into the mutton busting they have to be four years old uh and we'd, we'd love to see them out there uh riding a sheep before the performance so uh, what do you think uh, the addition of the Mutton Bustin' did for the rodeo last year? Uh, obviously, uh, just an added event onto something that's already packed full of value. Yeah, you know, it's just a lot of fun to see the kids get involved. It, it keeps our youth involved in our younger families. And, uh, you know, just more entertainment, more bang for your buck that night uh, to get there early and, and watch the Mutton Bustin'. So uh, this topic will be covered in a later episode this month, but the rodeo is not just at the grounds, but throughout Prescott. Can you explain some things that go on around the rodeo? I know there's the dance, and then there's a couple of parades as well. Yeah, that's right. So uh, the parade, the main parade, is uh, Saturday, July 1st. It starts at 9 o'clock, downtown Prescott. This year, we're honoring our bullfighters. We're celebrating... Court Hunt, who's been our bullfighter for 20 years. Uh, 
at the world's oldest rodeo. So he'll be the grand marshal. This is the second largest parade in the state. So uh, lots of great entries, lots of horses, uh, great fun for the family, Saturday, July 1st, 9 a.m. There is uh, a kitty parade on Friday, the day before, June 30th at 9 a.m. So that's a lot of fun to dress your kids up and come down 9 o'clock on that Friday. And there's a little kitty parade downtown. And then you mentioned the dance. Uh, we have a rodeo dance that starts Thursday, June 29th, 8 p.m. to midnight. That's family night. Then we have June 30th and July 1st, 8 p.m. to 1 a.m. And that's down at the BMO Harris Bank, which is in the Depot Marketplace. So a lot of fun, great music, uh, great bands. And uh, be sure to pick that up if you're downtown uh, on the 29th, the 30th, or the 1st of July. So what does this event mean to Prescott's culture? Obviously, you would know best uh, being the mayor of Prescott, being here for quite a while. Uh, just what is this event to Prescott's culture? Obviously, it's one of the biggest events, if not the biggest event of the year in town. This is the heart and soul of what Prescott is all about. You know, we were really founded around mining and ranching. Uh, this rodeo goes back to 1888. And when we started, we were one of the largest rodeos in the country. We were up there with Cheyenne Frontier Days, Calgary Stampede, the Pendleton Roundup. You know, many of the rules that were created for rodeo were created right here at the world's oldest rodeo in Prescott Frontier Days. But look, you know, our Western heritage and our values are all about what this rodeo is all about. And it really reminds us of our heritage and the importance of those Western values that we founded our city upon. And that's so important even today here in our community. So final question for you. You mentioned it a little bit earlier. Tickets are going fast. How do people get their tickets? Look, I would highly recommend that as soon as you hear this broadcast, you get on the phone and call our office to to get tickets. 445-4320. That's 928-445-4320. You can also go to worldsoldestrodeo.com. And let me just be very clear. You have to go to our website, worldsoldestrodeo.com. Do not buy anything from anyone other than from our official website uh, because there's a lot of scams out there. Uh, we also have the box office that's open from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Uh, here on the grounds at 840 Rodeo Drive. Uh, that'll be open, I believe, next week. But I would highly recommend, again, uh, to go to our website, worldsoldestrodeo.com, or call us at 928-445-4320 right away because we are very short on tickets. They're going fast, so buy them right away. Well, uh, Greg, thanks for joining the show to kick off the rodeo coverage here on the podcast. And I know the city can't wait to come out during the rodeo. And, that take, and that's taking place from June 28th to July 4th. Thanks so much for joining the show and uh, hope to talk to you again uh, once the rodeo is concluded. Thanks, Torrance. A lot of fun to be with you. And I hope to uh, see everybody out at the world's oldest rodeo. As mentioned in the interview with Greg, there are other events happening around Prescott during rodeo time. And next week's podcast will go more in-depth on that. Wrangler Rap and my thoughts on the first-place Arizona Diamondbacks are up next. But first, summer officially arrives on June 21st. 
and we all know summer goes by in a flash. So make sure you are ready when fall gets here, because it'll be here before you know it. Give Yavapai Plumbing and Heating a call to make sure everything is looking good and you are ready when the temps begin to dip again. All the info you need is at ypeinc.com. That's ypeinc.com. Welcome back to Talking Central Arizona Sports. It's time for Wrangler Wrap, recapping the previous game for Northern Arizona's own indoor football league team and looking ahead to what's coming up this week. It was a thrilling game on Saturday at the Finley Toyota Center in Prescott Valley between the Rattlers and the Wranglers, which the Wranglers couldn't squeak out in a heartbreaking 63-62 loss in double overtime. Down by eight with under a minute left in the fourth quarter, Garrett Kettle connected with Raymond Chioki for a touchdown to knot the game up at 48. After the teams matched touchdowns in the first overtime, the game went into the second overtime. The Wranglers scored a touchdown in the second overtime, but missed the two-point conversion, opening the door for the Rattlers. And well, the Rattlers walked right through that door scoring a touchdown and succeeding on their two-point conversion attempt. The loss drops the Wranglers to 5-5, five five, while the Rattlers move to 6-4. The Wranglers are back on the road Sunday to take on the San Diego Strike Force at 3.05 p.m. As I do every week, I'll end the show by giving my thoughts on some state sports. The D-backs are officially on the radar of Major League Baseball. With the win Wednesday night over the Nationals, the D-backs are 37 and 25, just behind the Braves for the best record in the NL, and in first place in the NL West, up two games on the Dodgers. It was a competitive weekend for the D-backs that ended in heartbreak against the Braves, as a grand slam with two outs in the ninth inning gave the Braves the lead and eventually the series win. The team, after allowing another Grand Slam in the first inning of Tuesday's game against the Nationals, came back and scored 10 runs to win. This team is showing that when it gets knocked down, they immediately get up and throw a counterpunch, something we haven't seen in a while. From speed to power, this team is entertaining to watch, and the Valley and all of Arizona is taking notice. Yeah, the trade deadline isn't until the end of next month. But I'd love to see the D-backs be aggressive and add to the starting rotation early, like within the next uh, two, three weeks as teams begin to fall out of the race. Just imagine the hype if they were to add, say, Dylan Cease of the White Sox or somebody exciting and under control like that. That helps a weakness and shows the players the front office is all in because they should be. This team deserves that. I'm Torn Sunum, and this has been Talking Central Arizona Sports, part of Talking Glass Media's Cast 11 Podcast Network. Have a great week, and we'll see you back here next week as rodeo coverage continues.